everybody. Welcome back to The Millionaire Marriage. This is Taylor Kovar here with Jeremy Gilliam. And today we are going to be talking about how to have a resilient marriage. The goal of marriage to me is to go the distance, right? One man, one woman for life. How do we make that happen, right? We, we talk about thriving marriages, but really how do we make that longevity in marriage? How do we have something that's going to stand the test of time where our grandkids and great grandkids are like, oh yeah, you got to Like the story of my grandparents is awesome. So Jeremy, I know you have some really great things on this yeah. and I'm excited to talk about it. This is something Megan and I discuss a lot about, hey, how can we strengthen our marriage? How can we make sure that it's me and you forever? Yeah. Uh, and so let's jump straight in. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing to really consider and think about is all families, all marriages go through hardships. They all go through difficult times. Um, they all experience setbacks. They all experience frustrations. Uh, in the Christian community, we call these trials. <laughs> trials and tribulations. Yeah, we're just going through a trial right now. No, you're just terrible at being a husband. No. Oh, ouch. Uh, no. Uh, but we all go through difficult times, difficult, difficult seasons. And so it kind of begs the question, what is the difference between couples that go through difficult seasons and are better because of it and couples who are worse? Mm. So there's there are there's some data and some stats on this of some characteristics and traits of people that are in marriage that go through hardships, go through frustrations, not just frustrations, but really difficult seasons, cancer and adultery and the loss of a child and things like that. So what separates those who go through and have difficult seasons from those who fall apart in the middle of it? So there was a lady and it was so funny. So I've taught this lesson and I, I kind of ran over it with my wife one time. And the lady who did all this research published her work in a book on families that go through PTSD. My wife's like, why are we talking about PTSD? <laughs> I was like, well, no, it's the principle that these families, these couples that are in marriage where one has PTSD and the other doesn't, or they both do, experience really difficult times, and they have, or one of them has experienced extremely difficult times, and that's why they have PTSD. And so she did all the study on these characteristics that these couples had. But here's what she wrote about what resilient marriage looks like. Listen to this. It's the ability, and I'm quoting, to withstand and rebound from disrupt disruptive life challenges, strengthened and more resourceful. Mm. So it's not just going through them, and it's not just even rebounding from them, but it's coming out the other side strengthened, and more resourceful. It's like when you go through physical therapy, like you may have had injury to like a limb and then you go through it with the object of that limb being stronger now. Or like yeah. when you break a bone, like that bone's going to be healing and it is going to be stronger than had it not been broken. So this is, let me just clarify. This isn't to say go out and break your marriage so it can be stronger. Yeah, we're not giving that advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, if you got that, that out of the last yeah, two minutes, uh, yeah, that's not, rewind, listen yeah, again. That, no, 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 yeah. that's not what we're doing. But this is to say when hardships, difficulties do come, that you come out of it stronger than when, when, you, when, than when you went through it. Yeah, no, I can agree. And we, we actually had this discussion in the office just a couple weeks ago. Uh, we have a lot of young marrieds here. And I was saying that, you know, Megan and I went through a lot of difficulty those first few years of marriage. Um, even though we had dated for a long time, we still had a lot of difficulty those first few years. And 
you know, it's one of those things where I, I hate that we went through that. Like, part of me is like, I would have loved everything to be wonderful and butterflies and rainbows. But I know because we went through those struggles that we're a much stronger couple today, right? Absolutely. Like, that changed the direction of, one, our spiritual walk, our relationship. We're much more open. Our communication is much more open. And so I was telling them, you know, I kind of wish, and this is not nice to say, but I kind of wish, right, every couple would go through something, right? Like right. in those first years where it forces you to work together through it, where it really, it makes you work together as a team. Yeah. It makes you say, hey, we have to communicate this to get through it, Yeah, right? We have to pull together. And, and I say a lot, you know, the marriages that a lot of people admire, right? Those diamond marriages, well, diamonds are formed under pressure. Absolutely. Right? They're, they're not just laying there on the ground. They are Absolutely. formed under pressure. And so when you have to work through financial issues, when you have to work through something big in your marriage and you actually work through it, yeah, it, it can, it can definitely change your marriage. It can make you a lot stronger as a yeah. couple. So it reminds me, I think I've, I may have mentioned it on the podcast a time or two, but there is a man, his name is Victor Frankel. He was a survivor of the Holocaust. He was an Austrian psychiatrist, lived through the Holocaust. He, he lived through Auschwitz specifically and other concentration camps. And he wrote a book called A Man's Search for Meaning. And this guy literally, you, I mean, I mean, he like lost his wife and like, everything yeah. through his time in the concentration camps. And on the other side, when it was all done and they were liberated, um, he started writing again and wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning. And he made, I'm paraphrasing the statement a little bit, but he made a statement in essence that if I know why I can endure any what, but it's this idea that what can I learn why is this hardship happening? What can I get out of it? Because if I if I can get that settled, whatever it is, early in marriage, like hey, what what like this is a difficult season. Why are we going through this? What's the purpose of it? It helps you endure any challenges that you can face. And couples face like they face some real challenges and they face really difficult situations. Some of them are are our own doing. Oh yeah. Some of those because we're just we're being a terrible spouse. Like, so there's, it's we're, we're all guilty of it. To yeah, some degree. Ab absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Some of it is life happens. And, uh, like the old saying, you gotta learn to roll with the punches. And so some of this is like, well, life has just happened to me. Right. I didn't purposely seek out to get diagnosed with cancer or yeah. we didn't want our child to be born, stillborn, you know, or we, you know, went through a really bad financial loss and filed bankruptcy. Like, like some of these are not our own planning. Like mm -hmm. We didn't intend for it to happen this way, but it just did. And so what uh, this, this researcher found was there were, there were nine main ingredients broken into three categories that highlighted families and marriages that went through things. They had these attributes that when they come out the other side of whatever they went through, they were, strengthened by what they've gone through. So there are three categories. It's belief system, organizational patterns, and communication patterns. So those are the three, the three categories. And then let's kind of, let's work our way through them. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on them. So the first category is belief system. Yep. And then there are three attributes within belief system. The first one is making meaning of adversity. And so for resilient marriages, here's what I want you to ask yourselves. Are we able to make meaning out of the adversity? 
can we normalize this hardship or view it as an opportunity to grow? Now, some of our longtime listeners, you'll remember, we did a, uh, an episode with Doug Hoxton, um, and he mentioned PTG instead of PTSD, PTG post-traumatic growth, meaning can I make, can I make meaning inside of this challenging situation? Yeah. Can I, instead of going, oh, it's just another setback. Oh, it's just another hardship. Like I was with Josh Tingley recently and um, missionary to Haiti, appointed missionary to Haiti. They're, they're out raising money now to go. And his car broke down in the middle of our trip. Like I was going to pick him up from the airport. His vehicle broke down. He ended up getting it fixed and it seemed to be a setback. And that happened on a Saturday and we were both going to Haiti that following week. And we get to Haiti and he goes, he said, my car breaking down, he said, was actually a God thing. He said, God was in all of that. And I'm like, dude, you spent like a thousand dollars that you wouldn't. I mean, I mean, a thousand dollars, not earth shattering, but it could be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he said, well, here's why he said, had that broken down on the drive to Florida, we would have missed our flights. And it's like, okay, well, I, I get that now. Yeah. So making meaning, that's something very small, but learning to make meaning in times of adversity. Nah, and I think that's really important across the board. You know, I try to breed everybody saying, hey, listen, you can be positive, right, no matter what's going on. So you can say, hey, no matter what is happening, and we know the Bible says everything happens for a sure. reason, right? Why am I going through this, yeah. right? And Megan and I do this a lot. You know, obviously we have a few businesses and we have different projects and things. And so there's always, it seems like there's always a fire popping up somewhere, <laughs> right? Somewhere there's a fire. We also have kids and, you know, there's yeah. a lot of other things. Yeah. Um, and so there's always seems to be a fire. And, and we've been really intentional about, hey, what are we learning from this? Why are we going through it? Like there, there is a reason, yeah. right? There, there has to be a reason. And sometimes we don't, we don't know that reason. Yeah. Sometimes we, we don't know that reason. So like my dad passed away several years ago and it looked like for a few months before he passed away, like everything that could go wrong was kind of going wrong. Yeah. Like, I mean, his truck got totaled. Like, I mean, just all kind of these random little things that just didn't add up at the time. And it ended up afterwards looking back, it was like, oh, okay, well that, like, because of this, it made this process easier. Because of that, uh, my brother just had just taken a job back home, like, here. And so he was here, which was weird. They'd been moved away for several years. And, like, him being able to be here and his family be here. Like, it was just, it was a lot of these random circumstances that we didn't understand at the time. Yeah. Now, my brother moving back was not a bad thing. So if you're listening to this, Chad, <laughs> sorry, don't, don't, don't take that. But, no, like, we were able to look back and say, hey, those steps really led to this outcome. Yeah. Um, and, and it was a, it was a much better outcome than we yeah. could have thought at the time. And so I think making meaning of adversity is really important. Yeah. It, it's just sit back and say, Hey, why am I going through this career change? Why am I going through this financial struggle? Why am I going through this? And what can I learn from it? Absolutely. And that kind of goes back to the whole Victor Frankel thing. If you can, if you know the why you can endure any, what, yeah. if you know, like, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to, or, or nor, even nor, even the process of normalizing, <laughs> You know, this is this is life. Like, I'm not the only person in history to ever deal with what I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. So there are other people that have gone through what I'm going through, and have had the ability to come out better because of it. Yeah. And entrepreneurs, you guys are like a like a prime illustration for this. Like a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs have several failed businesses before they have a massive win. 
And so it's like they are okay. Well, this this loss is just setting me up for a win later. Yeah, I tell everybody it was the most expensive education I've had. Right, some of those businesses <laughs> that have not worked out, or those ideas where it's yeah. been like, hey, so we just lost a lot of money, and that's not fun. <laughs> it's a really expensive education. Yeah. I mean, I have an MBA on my wall yet, but but yeah. I have that education. Yeah. I've paid for some education. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, learning to make meaning. The second trait is a positive outlook. So resilient marriages have a hopeful and positive outlook. They seize opportunities and persevere, meaning that even going through, and I've, I've watched some couples do this and I'm honestly like almost in awe of how positive some people stay in the middle of really challenging times. So I was listening to a podcast. This was, I don't know, several years ago. And uh, the people I were listening to, they were interviewing a, a pastor and he's also a therapist and he was diagnosed with like a terminal type of cancer. It was really sad. Like I'm listening to the podcast. I'm crying. I got tears. And cause he's him and his wife, their outlook was they, they said in prayer, they said like, we thanked God for entrusting this situation to us. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like, dude, you just got told you were going to die. But like their whole outlook. Okay. Well, if that be the case, then God has entrusted us with this situation. Yeah. So how can we make the best out of it? And so you may be listening to this and you're going, well, that's not our cup. That's not like our marriage. Like that's why we're doing this episode. Mm -hmm. So like start working on these traits. So if you guys are negative or generally pessimistic and negative, we'll work on that then and try to stimulate a positive outlook. What are your thoughts, Taylor? Yeah. So we use the term a lot around our house of being a negative Nancy, right? So like, Hey, like don't be a negative Nancy, yeah. but let's look at the bright side. Yeah. Right. Every, and it's like saying, you know, it's the cup half empty or half full. Yeah. And, and so we talk about this a lot with our kids. Uh, cause I tend to be more positive. Yeah. I tend to be like, everybody's rainbows and butterflies, you know, everything's going to work out because I learned a long time ago for us that everything is a season. Yeah. There's going to be times where it seems like everything is going wrong. There's going to be times where it seems like everything is going right. Yeah. But we have to keep a positive outlook that says, hey, at the end of the day, it's me and you. We're on the same team. Yeah. We're going to work through this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we're going to have a great marriage on the other side of this. We're going to have a great family. We just have to get through where we're at today. Yeah. Uh, and Megan and I, we drove to Houston yesterday. And on the way there and back, we're really able to, it was just me and her. We're able to communicate. That's like our time to talk right yeah. like i've said this a long time we get in the car and we just talk yeah and so we were able to really have some really open good communication about hey this is where we're at as a family this is where we want to go how do we get from here to there how do we turn maybe this situation that we're going through right now into a positive thing yeah you know what one what do we learn from it how do we keep a positive outlook how do we make sure it doesn't uh, affect our kids any more than it has to right how do we grow through this um and so i think remaining positive and not just saying hey well that's it. Yeah. World's over, right? It's all it's all burning down around us. Our marriage is over. Our yeah. kids are over. The house is over. like, no, like it's a season, and and there everything has a season, and so so keeping that positive look, that knowing, hey, there is gonna there's a new day coming. Yeah, and so I love that idea of hey, keeping positive. Yeah, you and your spouse remain positive. If there's going to be times when one of you gets a little more negative than the other, <laughs> help pull them out of yeah. it, right? Hey, maybe that's, that means, hey, well, let's go have a date night. That's so funny. <laughs> let's go reconnect. Me, so. and, me and my wife have often said, I'm so glad we're both not down at the same time. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it's, it's nice how God like puts couples yeah. together where it, 
for most of the time, it seems yeah. like one is high and one's low. Right. And we can kind of help even each right. other out. So. Absolutely. All right. So we've got these belief systems. We're on, yep. we back, went through making meaning of adversity, stimulating a positive outlook. Yep. And then number three for under belief, under system. belief system is have a sense of purpose. This one's, this one is difficult for me and I'll explain why. Not that I have, it, I don't have a sense of purpose, but I kind of went through this. I'll, I'll tell the story real fast for time's sake. This was like maybe a year ago. I, so I live out in the country, um, which is a shock from somebody that grew up in concrete. Um, and across our house is a cow pasture. And this is early in the morning. I'm pulling, I'm in my car about to go to work and I had to back out. So my driver's side is right by the cow pasture. And I look over and I see these cows that listen, if you're listening, don't laugh, just hear me out for a second. And I look at these cows and I go, Okay, it's a silly question, but this is where my mind goes at, I don't know, whatever time it was. Does a cow ever think to itself, is there more to life than this? And I go, well, that's an interesting thought experiment. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people would say, well, well, no, you don't know that. You're not a cow. Uh, But, I mean, they probably don't think that. But then it got me thinking, is there more to my life than this? Mm. Like, what, like what what is my purpose? So, as a couple, you can break this down individual like what is my purpose but then what is our purpose what is our purpose together as a family as a couple and it's having that sense of purpose that okay even though we're going through whatever this situation may be together we have a purpose together together we're going to do this this or this we have a larger value system. We have a larger belief in something that's much bigger than ourselves. And this is where faith and spirituality come in when you are going through difficult seasons is there's, there's so much more to life and our family, our marriage, our purpose is greater than this momentary season of adversity or frustration or hurt or pain. We have such a higher purpose than what we're going through right now. And just kind of leaning on that, like our purpose is this, leaning on that helps you endure the, the what, because you know, again, cause you know the why, Yeah. like I'm going, like I, I have a purpose that's higher than, than my cancer or higher than stillborn or higher than job loss or higher than bankruptcy or higher than failed ministry or higher than failed business. I have a purpose that's greater than these. So this is probably one of my favorite steps out of these nine is having a purpose, a sense of purpose. And this is something that we've talked on the podcast before, as far as yeah. this is one of the very first questions I ask any new client that comes yeah. to our door, right? Why are you married? Why are you working? What are you trying to accomplish? And 99% of the time they can't tell me 99% of the time I get the answer. I'm working so hard because I want to have a better life for my kids than I had. It's like, well, that's not, that's not concrete. Yeah. That doesn't tell me anything, right? Because what you may think is better for them, they may think is worse for them. You, know, you putting in more hours so you can buy them more things, but you're skipping out on sports events well, or spending yeah. time at home at night doesn't make it better for them. And so having that sense of purpose, this is something Megan and I have went back time and time and time again. And we're actually, we're, we've done several lessons in our Newlywood class over building a legacy. And this plays a lot into it is what do you want that to be? Yeah. When we sat down in our early twenties and kind of mapped out, Hey, what do we want life to be like when we're 60? 
it has helped us navigate a lot of those twists and turns, right? Loss of family members, loss of businesses, loss of things in our marriage, right? Where we're, we're working through stuff, but we knew, hey, at the end of the day, this is the destination we're going, right? We are, we are heading to this spot and there's going to be detours and there's going to be closed roads and there's going to be cows across the road, right? There's going to be things <laughs> that happen where maybe we have to pause, right? Because of the traffic jam. Maybe we have to take a, a side road. It doesn't matter. We know where we're heading. And if we know where we're heading, we can change that direction pretty routinely. Yeah. And so having that sense of purpose, this is what we want for our family. This is what we want for our marriage. And we're in this together. You can weather just about any storm that Absolutely. comes. You can weather any storm Absolutely. that comes your way. So, Absolutely. Um, all right. So we got belief systems. Yep. We hit one, two, and three. Make a meaning of ad- adversity. Stimulate a positive outlook. Have a sense of purpose. Yep. Let's jump into organizational patterns. All right, so this is this is obviously how your marriage or family is organized, as it's aptly called. So there are three attributes under this category as well. The first one is flexibility. And I, I love saying this. It's it's kind of corny, but it's uh, the forgotten beatitude. Uh, mm. Blessed are the flexible, for they won't be bent out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good little Bible joke yeah, for yeah, you there. Yeah. yeah, That's not actually in the Bible. Um, so with that said, marriages that go through hardship and come out the other side are marriages that are flexible. They are able to, they're able to roll with the situation and not be broken by it. And that's that can be difficult for some people because for some people, they are very rigid in their thoughts. They're very rigid in their behaviors. They're very rigid in their routines. And then when you have this tragedy come through and it just wrecks everything, that rigidity is going to have to turn to flexibility or you will be broken in the situation. And so it's just learning. Say, okay, you know, this is, yeah, this is difficult, but this doesn't have to break me. This can make me. This doesn't have to be it. Let me learn to adjust instead of just completely losing everything. And I think that's really important across anything that you do. I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, she knew who she knew who she was marrying. This is all what this is I've always been. Yeah. Right. And I, I go back with, okay, yeah, but if your boss comes and tells you, hey, hey Bob, we're gonna need you to do X today. I understand it's not exactly outlined in your job description. It's not exactly what you thought you were going to be doing. Yeah. Um, but I need you to do that today because so and so's out or whatever else. Are you telling him no, nah, sorry, you yeah. can fire me. You can fire me, but I will not take that trash out, right? Or you can be like, okay, yeah, man, that's fine. Like, yeah. happy to jump in and be a team player. Because yeah, they might fire you. Cause, yeah, because they <laughs> might fire you, right? Like, what's more important? Yeah. And so, but, and we think on the job, well, that's one thing. But when we get home and our spouse is like, hey, baby, like, can you help me with such and such? Yeah. Or, hey, we're doing this. Can you jump in? No, nah, I'm just, I'm just not that kind of guy. Yeah. That's like, no. Like you're flexible everywhere else. Yeah. You're flexible whenever you want to play Call of Duty with your friends, and oh, you know, you've got to play some other role, right? Or right. you're on a softball field, and you, they need you to play yep. another role. Hey, I'm flexible there, but you won't be flexible at home. Uh, maybe it's time to look in the mirror and say, "Hey, um, yeah. maybe my priorities aren't exactly Absolutely. where they need to be." So being flexible to me is extremely important because yeah. again, you're, you're going to go through these different seasons of life yeah. that are going to require it. You know, there's Absolutely. times I have to be the stronger spouse. There's times Megan has to be that stronger spouse. Um, and there's times that we just have to rally together to be flexible and say, Hey, yeah. we got to roll with the punches. Yeah. We just got to roll with them. This kind of reminds me. Um, I was reading a Reddit form. I don't even remember how long ago. And honestly, now I can't remember what the topic of the, of the um, thread thread was. Thank yeah. you. And, uh, and I just remember reading this lady, she's like, they'd been married, I think like 40 years. They were in like, their, I think like their sixties 
and she had got diagnosed with cancer, like pretty severe. And so she was going in for treatments a lot and, and everything that goes with, with that. And her husband, instead of being with her, like just keep his normal routine, like went and played golf with the buddies, went out, went out at night, was just like totally put her on the back burner. And so we talk about flexibility. It's this idea like, okay, I have to make my plans, my routines, my rituals flexible for the situation I'm in. So flexibility. So the second attribute under organizational patterns is connectedness. So couples that go through difficult times together remain connected and supportive of one another through what they're going through. Mm-hmm. So it means that even though we're in this difficult situation, difficult time, difficult season, we have as a couple, we have not lost connection with one another, emotional, physical, spiritual, all of those. We have, we have maintained our connection together. We've not let that go. Cause what can happen though is when you're in difficult times is okay. Well, I have to focus on these other things. I have to focus on saving my business or I have to focus on saving ministry or saving the church or saving this, or, you know, I have to make sure this is taken care of because this is falling apart. Or, and then we end up putting the one person who's been there with us through it all on the back burner and we've totally lost connection with them. Mm. Yeah. That's to me is one that you see happen over and over and over again. Like we work with a ton of entrepreneurs and it seems like anytime there's an issue in the business, that's where they focus and they don't, they don't bring their partner maybe alongside to say, Hey, you know, I know you, maybe you're not in the business day in, day out, but here's what I'm going through. Here's where my mind is. I need to make sure that we keep this going. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot of times Megan and I, and we learned this starting out business, which I know we're, we've done a business episode and we're going to do other ones where there's been times that I didn't always do that. And then Megan just felt like she was getting the worst of me. Yeah. Right. She was getting the half of me or yeah. whatever. And so we've learned over the years to say, hey, whenever I know a, a difficult time is coming up in the in the business or things are going on, that if I bring her alongside me, say, hey, babe, listen, here's where my mind is. And I know it's going to be kind of crazy for the next couple of weeks as I work through some of this. I need me and you to stay strong. Like I'm going to need a date night, right? Yeah. <laughs> we may need to get away for a night, but I need us to keep that relationship because I need that solid, steady rock. And so, um, and it gives her kind of a heads up says, hey, like, okay, it helps her to prepare yeah. and also for us to keep that connection and keep that a priority. And so usually during those seasons, and we talk throughout the day anyways, but during those is, is she'll, she knows, Hey, I'm going to be a little more positive, right? I'm going to be a little more be intentional with some of that communication. Um, Not that she's increasing communication, just making that communication more intentional and keeping that connectedness. And I think that's extremely important as you're going through it, because it's very easy for us. If if one spouse is going through something to feel like they're on an Island. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, every man's an Island. It doesn't have to be. No, Um, shouldn't be. No, I think every marriage, right. Kind (laughs) of is, but not every man, not every woman. And so to me, keeping that connectedness throughout a trial, man, it's, I've went through it by myself and I've went through it with Meg. I'd much rather go through it with Meg. No question. Yeah. So the, the next attribute then is social, and economic resources. And this sounds as simple as it is. This can be challenging though, in that when we talk about, like, let's talk about social resources first and economic resources is rather obvious. Um, so we are hardcore when it comes to budgeting and managing our money, 
things of that nature. And what that does is it turns crises into inconveniences. So when you have extra income, a rainy day fund, whatever you want to call it, it makes when your water heater goes out, it's not, it's no factor, not not an issue, but the the social resources can be a little more challenging because that's having a support system in place to help, to literally help support you. And when we go through people with therapy, almost without question, I ask people, do you have a support system? Because what's going to happen is therapy doesn't always make you feel good, but the, the end result is you'll be better. Do you have some people in place that can support you through this? The same thing happens when your marriage is going through a difficult season. Do you have a support system? Do you have something in place that you can lean on when things are crazy? And for for people that are are Christians, we obviously have a huge support system called the church. We're supposed to that. Hey, when I'm going through it, like while I can't carry this for you, man, I can help you carry it though. Like I can be here. You yeah. need you need to listen here. You need to go. You know whatever the case may be. It's having that having that those resources there for when the emergency happens. And let me just also clarify some of this as well. If Noah waited to build his boat when the flood came, he would have drowned with everyone else. So you can't be building your marriage. You can't be building these attributes and hope that, well, you know, we just don't have these things lined out yet. And then adversity hits it's too late. Yeah. So it's like, when we talk about these attributes, like get these built into your marriage now. Like if you got to take, if you got to take one of these a week for the next nine weeks, and we're going to focus on, okay, let's build some social and economic resources this week. Let's make sure that if something or when something does happen, we have these things in place that we're, we're good. And so if you're not involved in church, get plugged in. If you are, you know, you don't have a social, a social setting, get plugged into something. Yeah. If you don't have a mentor in your marriage, get one, get one. Like it's, I tell people all the time, everybody's favorite topic of conversation is themselves typically. And so, you know, it's helped us so much to have other couples, some that are our same age and a lot that are way older yeah. who have went through things that we, we know that if something happened, we can call and say, Hey, listen, I need a, I need an ear. Right. I need Absolutely. some advice. I need need to know some wisdom that you have. Um, and we have several of those couples in our life that, that have spoken into us at different times um, because we've built those relationships um, ahead Absolutely. of time. And yep. so I really encourage people, hey, you know, you may not think, oh, well, I don't have anything in common with that 75 year old couple that's been married for 50 years. You probably do. Right. And they probably remember. Right. We, right. we have a series at our church on newlywed class where we bring in older couples from the church just to come in and tell their love story and ask questions to and I'll never forget, there's one, I mean, love elder saint in our church, love the guy, love his family, and um, they're sitting there, and they're talking about their love story, and and they have to, I mean, they're older, they're in their 70s, yeah. maybe 80s, and uh, they bring up where the wife found an old love letter that the guy had in an old jacket. He hadn't worn in years, but it had been in the closet, and she's cleaning the closet out, and she finds this old love letter in this jacket from some other girl. And this had happened 40 <laughs> years ago, right? And it was still something that they're bringing up. Now, now it was funny right at this yeah. point, but it was still one of those things where, like, hey, they've, they've probably been there, and they probably remember yeah. some of those things, like some of those trials. And so having that support um, system yeah. I think is extremely important. Absolutely. Knowing, hey, there's people there that, that yeah. one can help out, um, no matter what that is, and and that you're there for other people as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so again, 
But when it comes to all these attributes, build these into your marriage now. Build these now. In, yeah, don't don't wait till the flood comes. Start building your art today. Get it built. I love it. So that when it does come, you're ready. So the, the third category and the last three attributes of resilient marriages and families are communication patterns. And there are three communication patterns that they found that were in marriages and families that when they went through something came out stronger. The first is clarity, clarity, have clear communication. That means these couples, they seek and speak truth. They seek and speak truth. So that means we are going to mean what we say and say what we mean. For some people, this is going to be really difficult for you. Okay, all right, so this is gender stereotypical, and it's funny, and if you're a lady, you're probably going to laugh because it's probably you've probably have done this. So expect, especially during difficult seasons, hey, babe, is everything okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Every man... I've ev- never said that. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Every <laughs> man knows that if your wife says, I'm fine... She is not fine. Yeah. Or it's okay. It's not okay. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do you. <sighs> yeah. If you hear your spouse say you do you, you don't do you. Mm-mm. You stop doing you. Yeah. And so it's <laughs> it's having these clear communication. That means you got to say what you mean. Like, yeah. hey, you know what? This is difficult for me right now. Like, I am hurting right now. This is very painful. What we're going through, it's not okay with me but they seek and they speak truth. And I think that leads really great into the second communication pattern, which is open emotional expression. I think it just flows perfectly into that. Being able to communicate without blaming or lashing out, having clear communication without losing our temper, blowing our top, right? Being able to say, hey, I want to be open with where I am yeah. today. And, and that's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard to be vulnerable like that. It is. And here, I think a, a reason why it is difficult is if you are, man, this is where things get tough, right? If your marriage is kind of toxic, which I hate, I hate, I hate even using that because it's so like, mm, this is a toxic relationship or yeah. it just gets overused or, you know, there are issues in the marriage. If we're not careful, you can take your spouse's vulnerability and weaponize it against them. Mm-hmm. So if that is where you're finding your marriage, you guys need to stop. And if you need to get help, get help. Uh, Cause that's very unhealthy for resilient marriages. You have to be yeah. able to first speak and seek truth. But then when you are speaking and seeking truth, being vulnerable emotionally with your spouse to say, you know what, this is, this is not okay. Here's, here's what I'm experiencing right now. But when you do that, you have to be trusting your spouse is not going to use that against you either then or later. And so it's making sure that we are again, building these things into our marriage now. And I'm going to say now this is, this will be gender stereotypical with guys, right? When it comes to open emotional expression, because you have these, these macho guys like, Oh yeah, I never cry or anything like, okay, bro. Yeah. Like, listen, uh, everything you're doing and saying right now is a feeling. You having this matcha, that's a feeling. That's an expression. Even your non-reactions, gentlemen, are a reaction. Even your no emotion is an emotion. So let's not play around with this and go, oh, well, you know, I got to be strong. And okay, yeah, yeah. But also being strong is learning when it is appropriate to say, hey, this is what this is what's going on with me. Yeah. This is what I'm experiencing. Which brings us to our last point. Our last point. 
Yes. Number three, collaborative problem solving. Yep. Collaborative problem solving. And I love this last point um, because it means that we are, as a team, right? We're mm-hmm. on the same team. As a team. We together are going to put our brains together and tap in to our collaborative side together to learn to solve the situation we're in, whatever it may be, to learn to do whatever it may may be to help us move through this time of adversity, through this time of great challenge. And so together as a couple, we are going to be collaborative in our pursuit of all of these other nine attributes, but also in our pursuit of, of getting through what we're going through and how do we solve what we're in. Yeah, and I think that's really important no matter what season you're in as a couple, to say, like, even when Megan and I were kind of mapping out what we wanted life to look like, right, what we want our businesses to look like, what our family look like, it wasn't a, hey, baby, here's what, here's what life's going to look like. Yeah. Hey, here's how our family's <laughs> going to look like. Here's how our business is going right, to look like. Here's right, how whatever's right, going right. to look like. It was like, no, hey, like, here's kind of what I think I want. What do you think you want? Yep. You know things yep. about me that maybe I don't even realize about myself where I think, hey, that's my optimal self, right, is I'm going to yeah. go be an Alaskan Bushman, but in reality <laughs> I don't because I like the internet too much, right? Yeah, like, right. so maybe we we work through these things yeah. together and being collaborative, being where we have that open communication, that open dialogue, and we do this a lot in various things where we have one we have each couple write out, right? We ask them questions, they each write out their answers, and then we bring them together yeah. to, to, to answer it because it really helps like, hey, like I don't want I don't want you and your opinion to be um, misjudged or yeah, sure. anything um, about your by your spouse's answers. And so I love that collaborative problem solving. Yeah. You know, these nine attributes um, I think are a great thing. One Everybody should want a resilient marriage. Yeah, Everybody should absolutely. want to. If you're listening to this, you want a resilient marriage. You're absolutely. listening to this for a reason. You're investing this time for a reason. And so, again, we'll hit those those nine again, and we'll make sure they're in the show notes so yep. you have those, um, and we'll list some resources. But number one is belief systems, yep. and those three are make meaning of adversity, stimulate a positive outlook, have a sense of purpose. Yep. That second um, set is organizational organizational patterns. Jeremy, what were those three? Yeah, flexibility, connectedness, social and economic resources. The last category, communication patterns. Clarity, open emotional expression, and collaborative problem solving. So we hope you guys implement all nine of these in your marriage. Again, if you're at step zero, right, take one a week, take one a month, whatever you do, make yep. progress in your marriage. Grab one of them, talk to your spouse about it. Um, and use these in your marriage, help others in their marriage with them, be a light, and we will see you on our next episode.